morning, I wanted to remind us what it means to follow Jesus. What does it mean to follow to follow Him? Um, the people who got baptized this morning, uh, an awesome declaration of their faith, and they're saying to all of us, and they're declaring again to the Lord Jesus that I'm choosing to follow you. I want to do what you ask me to do so that I might honor you. So being being baptized this morning or following Jesus is not about being, or sorry, uh, baptism is not about being a good Christian. It's not about gaining brownie points with God. It's not looking good in the eyes of anyone else um, who might be your church leader or part of your family. It's an act of allegiance and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. I would if you like you to turn to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to look at a couple of verses there and then turn to 1 Kings after that. Matthew chapter 16, verses um, 21 through 26. What is Jesus calling us to when he calls us to follow him? And so in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21, Jesus says, it says, Matthew writes this, from the time Jesus began to show Sorry, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him inside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from me, Lord, that this shall happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you're an offense to me, for you have not mindful of the things that God, of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it if a man, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who shall not taste death until the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Jesus, as he talks to his disciples here, is saying, if you're going to be a follower of me, it means following me. He says, you know what, I'm going to be go and I'm going to be killed and I'm going to be put on a cross. And it's like he's just walked with the disciples for these uh, three and a half years. And then suddenly he's saying this and Peter says, no, no, you can't do that. We want you to walk with us forever. But Jesus said he had to be, do that in obedience to his father. And so what does it mean to take up your cross? You know, what does the cross stand for? And for some of you here today, you've probably got one around your neck. You've got a necklace around your neck. Some of you might have a tattoo of a cross on your arm. Some of you might have um, a little cross at home that you revere. But what does a cross mean? Does it mean one of those things? Because if we think about those things, the cross stands for what? For, for death. So if I'm going to wear a cross around my neck, it's like, hey, I like to parade death around my neck. No, that's not why you wear the cross. It's a, you wear it as a, a symbol of, of gratification to Jesus Christ. But when we think of what does the cross stand for, it doesn't stand for anything real great. It stands for death. It stands for 
uh, giving allegiance to the Romans. That's what, 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 they, what Jesus was doing. When he had to carry that cross, he was saying, he wasn't saying, but that's what the people were saying when they carried the cross. I give allegiance to those who are putting me to death. So today, when we think about what does it mean to carry our cross, it's about giving allegiance to the one who has carried the cross before us. And so I wonder for you, what does it mean to follow Jesus? You know, I think oftentimes we follow, we become a Christian and we follow Jesus because that's the thing to do. We do it because as a little child, we prayed a prayer sometimes. Some of you talked about that today. We do it because we want to be accepted by our family or to be accepted by community. But what does it actually mean to follow Jesus? And I suspect this morning that there are some of you here who have maybe never even made that step of faith and says, Lord Jesus, I want to follow you because of what you've done for me. And I recognize that I'm a sinner and I'm destined for hell apart from trusting in you. But there might be others of you here today who really, yes, you've made a decision to follow Jesus, but you know what's actually happening in your life? Is that actually Jesus is following you? You're walking the path and you're saying, Jesus, just tag along behind me. But Jesus is not in front of you. You're not following Jesus. He's following you. And he's sitting there waiting for you to turn around and start following him. And my challenge to you today is to, where do you sit on those two, in those two categories? Have you ever made a choice to say, yes, Jesus, I choose to follow you? Have you made a choice to, to say to Jesus, you know what? Yes, I made that choice a number of years ago, but you know what? I recognize today that actually you're probably following me and it's not very close. Some of you are making a choice to walk your own way and do your own thing. And yes, you can't claim the name of Christian, but really as far as where your heart is at, it's far away from God. And God would say to you today through his son, Jesus, and by the power of his Holy Spirit, it's time for you to return to me and bow the knee before me and to follow me. There's a great story in the Old Testament. And if you would turn there, please, to 1 Kings chapter 19. There's just a couple of verses there, but I, I love this little story here of Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah's a great prophet of Israel and he's going around foretelling and and uh, foretelling what God is going to be doing to the nation of Israel and reminding people to turn to him, and he's doing some amazing miracles. And then it comes to the end of his time, and, and so another prophet comes on the scene, and his name is Elisha. And so the story begins where um, of Elijah passing on that his mantle or passing on his cloak or saying, hey, Elisha, I'm about to depart. It's time for you to start the journey to take my place. And in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 19, it's on page 254. It's actually on the screen. So there we are. You can read it on the screen. I'm going to read it here from my Bible. So this is what the story says. This is, a, this is part of the history of the nation of Israel. This is a true part of what happened in the world before today. It's awesome, you know. We can read this book, and it's actually not a bunch of stories that someone made up. It's actually the true word of God that, these things actually happened in time. And so it says here, so he departed, that is from there, that is Elijah, and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. 
Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen, that is Elisha, left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother that I may follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I to do with you? So Elisha turned back from him, took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. And then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. It's a great, great story. Just a few verses in the Bible, but there's a whole lot that we can learn from that. And the first thing that I want us to pay attention to today is that when Jesus calls to us, we need to respond with a yes, Lord. When God calls, has a calling on our life, and he says, it's time, I want you to follow me, we need to respond with a yes, Lord. It's very easy to respond with a not just now, Lord, or another time, Lord, but when he calls us, he wants us to to say yes, Lord, to him at that time. Elisha, he's called of God, and Elijah comes to him and says, you are going to be the next prophet. And Elisha knew what was before him. And it called for him of a great act of faith to trust in the almighty God and all that he required of him as to be a prophet. This wasn't a half-hearted decision. It wasn't going to be a convenient lifestyle for him. This wasn't a new club to belong to. This was not even a resolve to be a better person for Elisha. He could never reform himself. This was a decision to say yes to the call of God on his whole being. And I wonder whether you in your life have said yes to the call of God on your life for your your whole being. You've said, Lord, no matter what you ask of me, no matter what you call of me, no matter what um, is required of me, I will say yes to you. Jesus, when he called the disciples, he says, hey, come follow me. And you know what they did? It says that they left their fishing nets and they followed him. That's what the Bible says, that, that they left all to follow him. It's interesting, after the death of Christ, they got disheartened. You know what they did? They went back to their nets. And they said, wow, our life has all gone to pieces. The one whom we followed is, has left us. And so they go back to what they felt comfortable with. And so often in our Christian lives, when we get disheartened or discouraged, you know what happens? We get, we get turned aside to do the things that we feel comfortable with and not necessarily the things that God is calling us to do. Maybe you have retreated from following Jesus. Maybe people around you think that you haven't, but in your head you've retreated from following Jesus, so your allegiance is not to him. You're not saying yes to the Lord every morning when you wake up. Secondly, the possibilities of something greater are only realized through great acts of faith. Elisha here, he gives up all, and then he runs after Elijah. This was a great act of faith. And I want to say to you, if you're going to follow Jesus, it it involves risk for you. This may not be the same as what you've always done. Because Jesus Christ might require something greater from you than what you've had before. It's about giving up the security that's around you because often we feel safe because of the security around us, right? You'll feel safe because of our bank balance or our home or our family or our job, or our education, and we feel safe in that, and we trust in that. 
But Elisha was saying no to what was behind him. He was a rich man, Elisha was. He had 12 yoke of oxen. As I understand it, that meant they had 24 oxen as they were in pairs. And so um, that would have also involved someone actually leading those oxen. So it was a number of people that he would have employed. He, was, he, he lived in a place where the land was rich, but like the land of Waikato. You know, you can grow a lot of stuff in Waikato. So he was a man of great wealth. And in today's terms, he probably had 12 big, huge tractors and all the equipment to go with it. So he wasn't someone who didn't have very much. But Elisha's faith said this, I have something greater before me than what I built for myself. I have something greater before me than what I built for myself. And yet he's stepping out, not knowing what was before him. And as God calls us, as he calls us to follow him, he's asking us to step out, to trust him for what is before us. And it will always be something greater than where we've come from. It may not mean more money. It may not mean a better job. It may not mean security here on the earth, but it's going to be a greater life. I assure you of that. Thirdly, following Elijah and serving God was a drastic move for, for Elijah. If for Elisha, strap yourself in for a moment. Think about this. He takes a, a, a yoke of oxen. These are like two huge tractors, and he puts a match to them. Actually, it was a little bit different because he took the two, yoke, two, two, the two oxen that he was using, and he, and he killed them. He placed them on an altar, and he killed them, and then he fed a whole lot of people with them. He had a big party, actually. To celebrate, he was giving up everything. How good is that? Having a wild party and say, hey, I don't need this anymore because I'm following God. He didn't know what was ahead of him. He just knew that God had touched his life and it was time for him to follow him. Serving God was a drastic move for Elisha. Jesus said this, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it for a man if he gains a whole world and yet loses his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? What is more important? And Elisha not only put to death his animals, but he actually took his plow and, his, and, the, and, and the things associated with that and had a fire. And he burned them to say, this is the end of these things. I no longer show reliance on these things. And that's what he's saying. I'm not going to rely on these anymore. I'm not even going to come back to these anymore. Unlike the disciples, when Jesus came and they were discouraged and they turned back to their nets because that was their place of security. So I wonder for you today, what is your place of security? Is it found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone? Have you ever come to a, a place of acknowledging that the creator God owes allegiance, you owe allegiance to him because of the life that he's given to you? Following Elijah for, for Elisha was a drastic move. It was a great drastic move. And I just feel that we in New Zealand are pretty comfortable in our Christian faith those of us who are Christians today. 
It's kind of easy where our country is not doing too bad with COVID. We don't have too many problems in our country. And we kind of rest secure in our own ability to get through life. And it's time for us to recognize that without God, we are nothing. Without Jesus Christ in our life, we have no hope for the future. And some of you might be here today and you've never followed Jesus Christ. You know what? It's going to be a drastic move for you to trust Him. And that drastic move must happen. Otherwise, the Bible says, you know what? You go to a lost eternity apart from God. And it wouldn't be fair for me to tell you about heaven today and the great place that God has for us without warning you that there's a place the Bible calls hell. And that's for those who reject Jesus Christ. He didn't create it for those, any human beings. But if you choose to reject him, you choose to pay your own price. And that's a sad, sad predicament for anyone who would reject Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loves you so much. He loves you more than you could ever love yourself. I can't get over that, that even when Tom is wrong, even when Tom sins, that God still loves me. And he demonstrated that so graciously through his son, Jesus Christ, when he died on a cross, that even those who rejected him, he still died for them. He still loved them enough to pay for them. And I wonder, have you responded to his love today? Following God involves a drastic move. And finally, Elijah chose something greater. Elisha chose something greater. He left all for, his, for a life of no home, no wealth, no security. It cost him everything. So he left home and he went over the hill not knowing where he was going. You're saying, you're crazy, Elisha. You had all that security. Why would you leave that? Why not just follow God where you were? And that probably would have been okay to follow God where he, were, where he was. But you know what? God called him to do something greater than that. He says, I want you to leave that behind. And I want you to actually go over the hill where you can't see anything. And I want you to trust me and me alone. So my question to you today, and you know what? I've had to prepare this message over the last couple of weeks. Thinking about this, what does it mean for Tom to follow Jesus? Am I relying on the security of what I have here on this earth or am I trusting Jesus and Jesus alone? And I ask you the same question today. What are you trusting in? The security of one day you made a decision for Jesus, one day you prayed a sinner's prayer, you might have even got baptized. You might even go to church. You'd be, wow, that's pretty cool doesn't gain any brownie points with God. It won't sort your life out with God. The only thing that will sort your life out with God is actually bowing the knee before Jesus and saying, Jesus, I need you more than anything in this world, and you can give me more than this world could ever give to me. Now, I ask you this morning, have you bowed the knee to Jesus? You might have even come to this church for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, but this is a ritual for you. The life of Christ is not about a ritual. It's about a life that he wants you to live and to enjoy daily with him because he's the creator and he gives you the best things. If you choose to follow Jesus, you do this alone. And because you understand there is nothing in this world that comes close to dedicating your life to Jesus Christ and the power of his indwelling spirit. 
I want to tell you today that the relationship of uh, having a relationship with Jesus Christ compares to nothing else that I can know of on this earth. I have the most beautiful wife, and I've loved her since I first met her. But you know what? My relationship with Jesus is greater than that. Sorry, hon, I have to say that. It's true. There's nothing that can compare with my love for Jesus because you know what? He walks beside me every moment of the day. He knows everything about me. He knows every thought that I've ever made, every sin that I've ever committed, and he still loves me. He journeys ahead of me. He follows behind me. He's all around me. And he's about guiding me and leading me to a better path of life. Elisha, you know what? He gave up everything. He became an intern for 18 years before he became a CEO. In fact, he was a CEO and he gave that up to become the, the, the intern, to learn what it was to be in the, in, the, in the aura of Elijah. Do you know he went on to do greater things than even Elijah did? And I wonder today, would you be willing to follow Jesus? Would you be willing to say no to the security that's around you? Some of you young adults over here, you're going to university and you're wanting to secure a, a good degree so you can get a good job, so you can earn a lot of good money, hoping to find someone that you can fall in love with along the way and have a nice family. Nothing wrong with all of those things. But have you dedicated that, that direction to God? Have you said, Lord, I'm just going in this for you. This is why I'm doing this. I'm wanting to be in the place that you want me to. There are others of you sitting here and you're just going through the journey of life. You maybe even turned your back on Jesus and it's time this morning to return to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry for the way that I've been living for myself, for my money, for my job, for my family. And it's about living for you from now on. And I surrender to you. Would you be willing to do that this morning? Do you know what it might require of you this morning? Is that you actually place some stuff on the altar before God? That might sound a weird thing, but you know what? What did Elijah do? What did Elisha do? He took his oxen and he put the knife to the throat. He laid them on the altar and he burnt up anything that would be his own security right then and there. And he said, Lord, I'm finished with that life and I'm going to follow you and you alone. And for you this morning, if you said yes to Jesus Christ, and I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to say yes to Jesus. If you say yes to Jesus, you might be saying no to some other things that you're just hanging on to right now. It might be your lifestyle. You say, ah, oh, if I follow Jesus, I might have to give up some stuff. You might have to give up some stuff. I don't know. I don't know what you, how you live. But I want to tell you that nothing will surpass what Jesus has to give to you. You want to live in with the stuff that you want for yourself? Well, you live like that. But Jesus wants to give you something greater than that. If you would trust him today and put that on the altar. I'm going to invite the worship team to come and we're going to stand and sing a song in a moment. The song is called I Surrender All. And this morning, I don't know whether God has been speaking into your heart where God is challenging you in your heart of where you're at this morning. But today, maybe you don't have a testimony like these five young people. Thank you for your testimonies, you guys. That was awesome. You couldn't stand up here and say, you know what? 
I choose to follow Jesus. I choose to put those things behind me. I've made that decision to follow him. You, you can't do that right now. Or maybe there's something that you're hanging on to today that's far more important to you than, than actually following Jesus. His word doesn't play a place in your life. You never bother to pray, but you come to church and you do the things, but you've never actually surrendered your life and said, Lord Jesus, I lay it all on the altar before you today. And this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. We're going to stand, if you'd all stand with me now, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing this song. And if while we're singing this song, the Lord Jesus, the Spirit of God is calling on your heart to surrender to him today. You might have been a Christian for some time. You know, I've been a Christian for some time, and the Spirit of God touched my heart. And I walked to the front of a church, and I bowed the knee before Jesus and said, Jesus, I give you all. That was a changing point in my life. And today, maybe the Lord Jesus is calling you to come to the front and to bow the knee before him and say, Lord Jesus, today I choose to surrender to you. You may not understand what he's calling you to, but if he's calling you, you need to come and surrender to him today. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you everything. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, the creator of you, the one who loved you, the one who sent his son Jesus to die for you on the cross, to pay for your sins so that you could have eternal life. If you've never done that, would you do that this morning? Do you know it's going to cost you something because I'm going to ask you to come and walk down the front and just stand over here this morning. It's not about a secretive little decision you'll make in your seat, and it's okay to make a decision in your seat. It's quite okay. But I'm going to ask you to come and stand here as a dedication to your decision and say, you know what? Before everybody else's witnesses today, I choose to stand before Jesus and I choose to follow him and I choose to bow the knee to him. We're going to sing and Tisha, you're going to lead us in that. And then um, as, we're, as we're singing this morning, I'd invite you, if you've got, as the Spirit of God is calling you, come, just come and stand down here and we'd love to pray for you this morning as you dedicate yourself to him. 